Welcome to the SUMC Podcast, where I hope to encourage you towards life and church revitalization and am your unofficial source for revitalization within the local UMC. Again, I'm doing this podcast because I serve within the UMC and have seen an across-the-board issue of discipleship or the lack thereof and seek to use the knowledge that I have and, more importantly, what I'm learning on my own journey with those of you who may have been struggling for years or are just starting out and might have some ideas or you don't even know what to do. So let's walk this journey together. This is episode 5, where I'll be talking about your local church's core group, utilizing your committee structure to make disciples. Now I admit, I am making a grand assumption that your church uses the committee structure still, but I have a hunch this will be true for most of you. However, what I say in these podcasts can still be utilized, if not in easier ways, in a newer model of leadership. So let's get at it. Some preliminary thoughts. So the main people that I see starting out in your core group that you should at least start with, your go-to people, is the pastor, the lay leader or lay leaders, the SPPRC chair, the trustee chair, the ad board chair, and the finance chair. Now, I spoke before about persons of peace. If these people are not persons of peace, I would say be respectful, invite them to the first few conversations, but then the people who are the people of peace, so to speak, will stay. Those who are not will leave. And you'll very quickly find out who has a vested interest in truly making disciples and who is just more concerned about other things. So be ready to have some heart-to-heart conversations with some people. Now, if you find people of peace and they're not these chair people and you're forming a new group, always, really in either case, always be reporting what this core group, this discipleship team is doing to the Ad Council at your monthly or however often you meet. Uh, Report to those people at your, your meetings. Now, there's so much here that I wish to say, but I'm going to just try and stick with what I think is important to initiate the process of discussion about discipleship in your local context. And then I'm going to talk about some things to watch out for. So again, the main people that we're looking at here are the pastor, the lay leader, the SPPRC chair, the trustee chair, the ad board chair, and the finance chair. And again, hopefully these are people of peace. If you do not have these people or you're part of a group already, and your perception is the ones that you are the ones that are keeping the church going, you might need to take a step back, and I'll talk about this a little bit later. So first of all, why start with these six positions? And again, you might not have all six represented, and if so, that could actually work in your favor. The whole point of this journey is to get out of being locked by committee structure, and in the small groups and teams, that develop new leaders and disciplers. And notice I didn't say staff yet. But these six positions are the key positions in any church that are needed somehow within our leadership team or a governing structure of your church. These are the ones that keep track of everything. They keep track of the staff, they keep track of the building, they keep track of the spiritual life, they keep track of the finances. So those people in a discipleship process are key because if you're doing small groups and training up leaders 
and doing things in your building, you're going to have to communicate with these people. But again, if they're not people of peace, if they're not getting the vision, if they're not getting discipleship, then they need to at least be communicated to and with about what's going on in the church. The other reason that you should start with these six positions is it gives you a starting point. You might be floundering. You might have been coming up with ideas. Maybe you've even already had this conversation about what discipleship is. And I'll get to that in a minute. But at the very least, as you're starting anew the conversations about discipleship, it just gives you a starting point to talk with these people. Now again, you shouldn't be talking about discipleship without the resources that we have. So if you've talked about discipleship before, start talking about it as a process, a big picture process with a lot of elements in it, rather than trying to get people to come to the programs that you're already doing. There is a huge difference. And that's what I'm going to talk about in episode six. So these six positions, it at least gives you a starting point for a new conversation. So why start with these six positions, number three? Um, Interest and attendance will show who your core group is. Like I said before, if someone isn't interested, they're not going to come to the meetings. Fine. But make sure that your meetings are consistent the same day, the same time, and the same frequency. So if they're, for example, Thursdays at 10 a.m. on the third Thursday of the month, stick with it. If they're weekly, on a Monday morning at 7 o'clock, breakfast at Denny's, make sure you're consistent and you meet. In other words, set the bar for when this is going to be, and if people are truly interested, they're going to make time to do it. So as you go through this process, people will naturally, so to speak, weed themselves out. And you can ask others to join at any time, but as long as you're prayerful and feel they could help and participate. In other words, what you're going to be looking for is people that are known by their fruit. The fourth thing in starting with these six positions is you're going to need to do this process and talk about this process. You're going to need to do it as you build it. So I'm going to talk in depth about that later, but what this has to do with is what you and your core group think is the main ingredient for your church. Plan to do one thing well with each other and reproduce and multiply it later. Work on the kinks with that one thing with one another. And then you'll have a quality resource and ministry for your church. And imagine if you took the time to do that for three things, one thing a year. Then you'll have three ministries, one each feeding into the other in a process that grows people rather than a bunch of programs that don't relate. This is what we're getting after. And that's what I'm going to talk about in episode 6. So why start with these six positions? Um, Because it gives you a starting point. Uh, Interested people, when you start these meetings, will show up. Have an understanding that you're going to do it as you build it, and these six positions are necessary to do something new in your church Because by way of the discipline, and practically speaking, these are the six representative positions that lead the church. And even though you might not have 
all sex represented, you can now begin to build a leadership team that is going to move this ship forward and start making disciples. So now I said I was going to talk about some potential um, pitfalls and some things to watch out for. So four things that I think of that you should be aware of. I think the first one makes perfect sense. Beware politics and family dynamics. You might want to jump right into a discipleship process, but I would take things slow for several reasons. The obvious reasons is the politics and family dynamics of a church, especially a small church. After initial conversations, you may find hints, if you're new to the church anyway, you may find hints that other people in the congregation seem to not only know what you've talked about, but suddenly feel that they can give input too, and it might seem out of the blue. So always be humble and generous in your response. Pray about what was said, and if you're perceiving any prejudices or any political maneuverings or shenanigans or any mistrust on your part, first of all, use what you feel is necessary, but then make sure you talk with your discipleship team that until you fully develop an idea that what you talk about is confidential. Now, always have the end goal in mind and be able to go with the flow. However, don't become manipulated into creating something that is ultimately not what's best for the overall discipleship process. Because eventually, the money is going to go where the ministry is. And that's going to be determined by your discipleship process. So again, people of peace will begin to be found out, and people of not peace chaos, whatever, division, will begin to be found out as well. Stay focused, stay true, be nice, be humble, teach, explain, invite to go into this vision together. But stay the course. Also, and I had a really hard time with this in seminaries when somebody says, don't take it personally. I mean, how can you not take it personally. And for me, keeping focused on the end goal, knowing that Christ is leading, knowing that God is leading, that it might take some time for people to catch on. As long as I'm humble, I explain things, I communicate things, I feel better. And so it helps me to not take it personally when somebody's just not getting it or tries to manipulate things to make things harder for me. Things seem to go a lot smoother when you're humble. You are teachable yourself, but then teach and explain why a discipleship process is necessary. Also ask questions and encourage people, especially naysayers, to give things time to see how they develop. As long as Somebody's not actively trying to sabotage, which is rare, by the way, um, then I think you'll find that you're able to do things. But again, know that it's not going to take weeks or months. It's going to take years. So this leads me to number two. Be encouraging. Never have a this-is-how-it-is attitude. Pastors, if you're listening to this, stop coming into a church and thinking that you're going to lead these people to glory. Stop it. Just stop it. 
When you first get there, it's your appointment, it's not your church. It's their church. You need to get to know the people. You need to become part of their group. Serve in that leadership position. Don't be a taskmaster. So many pastors come into a church thinking they've got this model that's going to work. It's not. This one's not going to work in every church. I'm trying to be purposely general with what I'm doing in this podcast so that you can't have a one-size-fits-all model. And shame on you for doing so if you've done that. Slap yourself in the face right now. So anyway, be encouraging. Never have a this-is-how-it-is attitude. If you do, resign. Resign right now. Because you'll not get anywhere in that church. So be encouraging and never have an attitude that is my way or the highway. You need to teach. You need to guide. You need to direct. You need to equip. And you need to resource your people to do the work of ministry. Now, as I will become clear in later podcasts, there are certain elements and things that are needed to make a discipleship process successful. But the details and nuances within those elements will be particular to each church. So even though you may have something in mind that needs to be done, God may be showing you the desire in the church might be for something else. That's okay. Again, getting to know your people and taking time with this and allowing the Holy Spirit to move is what's going to make all this work. So again, make sure you don't get sidetracked by things. Always see things through with your core group. And if something seems like it's a rabbit trail, it is. And just because you think something is needed doesn't necessarily mean it's needed right now. For example, you might say, we need to go on mission trips. We need to be a church of missions. That's great. How are you going to get there? That's the key. How are you going to get there? And how are you going to have others be discipled into doing missions in your church? And number three, be firm and direct when you need to be, but nice. Sometimes we can get a bit defensive when we feel momentum's picking up and something's brought to our attention, like an idea or an issue, and it might seem to derail what we are seeing. Now, you got to understand that your perception is your perception. And understand that if you are really praying through this process, then God's going to glorify himself at the right time through the right people. So relax. God is still sovereign. Yet sometimes we do need to recognize something will derail momentum or detract from what is coming to be the practical mission of the church where you're going to start making disciples. So if someone brings an issue or an idea of ministry to you, this is your opportunity to begin asking questions about how the ministry is going to fit into the new context that you are creating. And then you can talk about it with your core group and then your ad council. Or if your ad council is the core group, you can talk about it with them. And I'm assuming here, again, that an idea is not coming from your core group, but outside. So if an idea comes within your core group, say, that's a great idea. How that can contribute to what we've talked about so far and build on it. And if it doesn't seem like it will pan out, lovingly shelve it for a later time. And to be honest with you, in conversation, it will usually become obvious to everybody. So, so far, some things to be thinking about are beware politics and family dynamics. Be encouraging and never had an ad- have an attitude of this is how it is. Be firm and direct when you need to be, but nice. And fourth, have individual conversations with the right people, with those people of peace. 
Sometimes your core group might be people passionate about making disciples, but in reality not the main influencers in the church. So know who the influencers are and try to get them on board, or at least have them say, well, let's try it and see a conversation. Most often in small churches, it's the negative Nancys that are the biggest influencers. I'm not saying win them over, but at least get them to a point where they can realize if all the same people keep doing all the same stuff, the church is going to close. So let's try some new things and see how it goes. And then they'll say, well, we've tried that in the past. Say, I understand that, but we're going to try it as part of a process, not as part of a program. And we're going to see it, what difference it makes. So help people understand that if new people are going to come to your church, you need to do new things. What's worked in the past is not going to work because those variables are gone. There's new expectations of church now, and we need to be meeting those expectations, but not by sacrificing the gospel. Ask a lot of questions and, and conversations and do a lot of listening. Compare hearts with yours and what you're trying to do now and bring people along with you. Emphasize that you're working with the same passion and vision as what was worked on in the past, but the way the ministry is done will look and be different. So the same passion is there that these influencers have had in the past. The same idea of making this church flourish is there. But now rather than people doing their own programs, you're going to come together as a church to process people through your church to become and be disciples and leaders in your church and in the community. So let's recap. The main people you want to be talking to and involved in a discipleship process initially are the pastor, the lay leader, the SPPRC chair, the trustee chair, the ad board chair, and the finance chair. Start with them because it just practically makes sense and it gives you a starting point. Set a day, set a time, set some goals, talk about things little by little, and people that are interested and have buy-in and can see the vision will attend, others will fall away. Fine. The other thing too is, as you build it, as you come up with ideas, actually do those ideas. Actually practice those ideas through. And, you know, develop something and then... Um, process through it together and then in the next episode I'll be talking about how that's going to work things to be aware of politics and family dynamics don't have a chip on your shoulder be firm and direct when you need to be but nice in other words say well this is the direction that I feel like we really need to head and I'd love for you to come on board and four have individual conversations with the right people and not on Sunday mornings um, somebody says, hey, I need to talk to you. Say, well, what do you need to talk to me about? Say, I really want to not talk about it here. Say, well, at least give me an idea. <laughs> and then schedule it. Schedule to speak with them soon after that. Now, if you're a new pastor, take your time and get to know your people. Don't jump right in unless you have a really good handle on their hearts in that church. And I'm assuming that you have no staff. If you do have a staff, um, depending on who those people are, um, as I'll be talking about this much later, uh, bring them in um, as, as it relates to a discipleship process. If you've been there a while, you may need to take an objective view of the people in your church uh, through prayer to really see their giftings and love for the church. You might have some personality differences. Well, get over it. 
These people might want to hit the ground running, but be encouraging and patient rather than combative. Explain, teach, and resource. If you don't have a pastor at all, you may be part of the few people keeping the church afloat. Well, keep going. Start doing what I'm talking about. Use the resources of the UMC. Start having these conversations. And you know what? Feel free to reach out to me for help at any time. Now some final thoughts as I'm running out of space. The politics of our denomination will always be like the politics of the world. What's on the surface is not the actual fight, and it's not at all the root of what's going on. Like the Democrats versus Republicans fighting and us not knowing that there's an action actual economic war going on between us and the countries in the East, our denomination fights over power, money, and perceptions of rights. Well, we're to put all that to death and to think instead about being and making disciples. We're not supposed to be thinking or discussing or arguing about what is right and what is just. But what is right and what is just is up to God and not to us. If we aren't following him and making disciples, then we're just going to remain in the chaos and throes of worldly distraction. Our task is to make disciples. And how do we do that? Well, let's continue to answer that question in practical ways together. And in our next episode, I'll be talking about the Simple Discipleship Process Part 2, where before I talked about how the core group is going to get things started. Then I defined a way of talking about discipleship and what it is and how to do it. And I also talked about some things that it is not, like a bake sale or solely your worship service or a once at a quarter event. And so in part two, I'll be really laying out what a discipleship process ought to look like and talking about the elements that it should include. And then in episode seven, I'm going to be going into detail in those discipleship essentials, the ingredients of a successful process. So I'll be talking it a little bit in episode six. I'll go into detail in episode seven. And then in episode eight, I'll be talking about actually where to start in a discipleship plan once you start to have things figured out. And then in October, I'll start talking about groups, what they are, and um, more on the discipleship plan um, all the way through December. So we got a lot to talk about. I hope you stick with me. Uh, God's grace and blessings be with you. See you in episode six.